We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Graybar Sports Open Live. Live from Cardinal Spring Training and the D.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. Once again, Matt Pauley on King of OX. We are into hour number two of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX as we continue to broadcast the show from Jupiter, Florida, home of Cardinal Spring Training, home of Grapefruit League action. Tomorrow, things get started officially. Cardinals and Marlins, one of two split squad games. The other, Cardinals and Mets, that's being played up the road from here in Port St. Lucie, Florida. You're going to be able to hear the Cardinals-Marlins game right here on KMOX as uh, John Rooney, Ricky Horton going to be on the call of the game. Isn't that good to say? John and Ricky broadcasting baseball right here on KMOX. We have been waiting a long, long time to be able to say those words. And uh, things are going to get going here coming up tomorrow afternoon. And a good number of games are going to be available for you, uh, whether it's uh, right here on KMOX. Also, at times, we are going to be uh, streaming the games uh, through uh, MLB.com, Cardinals.com. So if you go to Cardinals.com and go to the schedule page and just uh, scroll your mouse over the game, all the broadcast information is right there. So you can always know where you can find the respective uh, games on any given day. So what are the things to pay attention to here in the early going? Because it's still going to be a while before things are happening in games that really mean much of anything. Uh, the great, Grapefruit League play goes for a while. Their, their Grapefruit League finale is on March 26th. So they, they play better than a month's worth of baseball uh, down here. And by the time you get to the end, you are ready for, uh, for these games to be done and you are ready for the regular season. So here in the early going, you know, it's just kind of an opportunity for guys to get out, play against a, a different team, see some, you know, for hitters, see some pitching, for pitchers, maybe work on a few things. The actual results don't matter. Wins and losses really uh, don't matter at this point in time either. What I'm going to be most curious about for tomorrow specifically, there's 18 innings to cover. And we, the one position group that we're not real sure who's going to be playing in those 18 innings is shortstop. Because Tommy Edmond, not available. He's injured. Mason Wynn is not expected to play tomorrow. He got a little bit sore earlier in the week. He did return to uh, workouts uh, yesterday but he's not quite ready to play. We'll probably see him back in games or in games for the first time here in the next couple days. We're going to talk more about that when we hear from uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel later on this hour. But who's, who's going to be the individuals that they use at shortstop? Are they going to put Brendan Donovan there? I know they want to be very careful with him in terms of just being careful with his throwing. Like They're not going to put him in the outfield at all. They want to have him at second base. Uh, that's where... You don't, the, you've got the short throw. Do they play him at shortstop this early on? Uh, Thomas Sejaci, I, I would guess, is going to get some time at, at shortstop. 
Uh, Jose Fermin will probably get some time at shortstop in a pinch. Maybe they could put Buddy Kennedy in there, but uh, he's more of a second, third kind of guy. My, my first inclination is we'll probably see a fair amount of Jose Fermin and Thomas Sejaci uh, at shortstop here in the early going. And then once Mason Wynn is able to play in games, he's going to get a whole lot of playing time. But it's important to see some other guys play at shortstop because, again, there's no guarantee that Tommy Edmond is going to be on the roster to start the season. And they got to have a backup shortstop if he's not available. There's also no guarantee that we're going to see Mason win on the opening day roster. I think we will. He doesn't have to do much offensively. In fact, I get the sense that it doesn't even matter so much about the numbers Win puts in Grapefruit League play. They're going to be looking more at his approach and looking at you know the type of things that he's uh, working on uh, with hitting coach Turner Ward and, and just seeing if he's taking steps forward offensively and whether those are turning into hits or not. Uh, I don't think that matters so much that – he would just have to have, with all due respect to all parties involved, he would just have to have a terrible spring for him not to break camp as the as the everyday shortstop. But look, we talk uncertainties, and, and those don't exist. And he's a guy who doesn't have a major league track record and really struggled from an offensive standpoint when he was up with the big club last year. So that's the first thing. The other thing that I think is going to be notable here on this first day is there's a lot of pitchers who are not going to even pitch for the Cardinals at any time this year that this is going to be their opportunity to really show out and show off to the staff of who they are. Because as, as spring training moves along and more and more, you know, there's a number of kind of the, the veteran starters that haven't even gone, you know, the, the equivalent of two innings in live BP yet. So until you do that, you're probably not throwing in games. So there's a lot of guys, whether it's a Steven Matz, whether it's a Lance Lynn, uh, even a Sonny Gray. I don't, I don't know how soon we're going to see him in a Grapefruit League game either. As those guys sit out, there's an opportunity for other pitchers to be used. But eventually those guys are going to start pitching and pitching with some regularity. And when that happens, other guys are going to lose opportunities. There's a ton of guys in camp right now. There's close to 70 guys that are part of Major League Spring Training right now. As minor league camp gets started, things are going to change and guys are going to be reassigned to minor league camp. That's just the way things work. But when you've got 18 innings to cover on the first day of Grapefruit League play because you're playing a split squad game, this is going to be one of the best opportunities for some of these young players to be able to uh, to be seen and just show what they have. And it's tough on the first day, and nobody's – expected to be in midseason form on the first day but this is a day of opportunity for sure again we'll have a, one of those split squad games they match up against the marlins first pitch is scheduled for 1205 john rooney ricky horton on the call and uh, coverage is going to start right around uh, 12 o'clock here on kmox we'll take a break when we return we'll be joined by uh, our friend brendan schaefer covers the cardinals for uh, kmov.com and uh, we uh, got the chance to uh, sit down and talk with him just generally about where this team is at and the expectations and some of the storylines regarding this team. You'll hear from Brendan Schaefer coming up in just a moment as we continue with the Graybar Sports Open Line. We are in Jupiter, Florida. It is Cardinals spring training. It is the eve of Grapefruit League play. And uh, we'll continue on with the program in just a moment right here on KMOX.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Braveheart Sports Open right here on KMOX. Very happy to continue to broadcast from Jupiter. We welcome on to the program he is a part of the team over at First Alert 4, writing for KMOV.com. He is our good friend, Brendan Schaefer. Brendan, great to see you. Great to be here, man. Glad to be on the show. Yeah, so um, what's just we're, we're at the point now in spring training where the full squad workouts are, are going. What's your initial feeling about what you've seen over the last few days? I mean, a lot of what we've seen has been uh, the pitchers at this point, so we're excited uh, as we're, we're talking here to, to get to see the position players coming up and have a little more action on that front, but I, I, it's just I've been struck by the 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 incoming pitchers, the guys that the Cardinals went out targeted in the off season and said these are the guys that we think can make a difference for this team this year. I've been struck by how those guys have integrated into camp and it, you know in some ways have have been taking that leadership charge. Like you see Sonny Gray out there, a lot's been made of of kind of the the impact that he's having on camp already, and just like the comfort that he finds with being able to insert himself into these situations and do so in a way um, that is not like demeaning to the younger players. I thought that was interesting. I talked to Zach Thompson and that was what he said is like, there, there's nothing like phony about this and it's not for show, but it's also not demeaning. Like guys are taking it the right way because they know where he's coming from and they can all appreciate that. He just wants the team to be better and he wants to win a world series. And so like, I think that's what the Cardinals, it, when they, when they had their brain trust in the off season saying, maybe this would be the way that we could go about this. I think they executed on their plan pretty well. And, and guys like Kyle Gibson as well is another great example of that. And just like the interactions that he and Wilson Contreras have had, obviously last year, first year in St. Louis for Contreras was a tough one. And there were a lot of circumstances that went into that. Um, but, but he was a consummate teammate through it all. He contributed to the Cardinals lineup. And like, you're seeing like, okay, the, the veteran pitchers that are coming in and they're forming those relationships with the catcher early on. And you can just kind of see the, the, the vibes of spring. It just feels a, a lot better than kind of maybe what they experienced last year. There was a moment with Sonny Gray uh, when he was going through facing hitters on Sunday, and he was he's been really great at communicating with Wilson Contreras and whatever catcher he happens to be working with. But obviously, there's space between where the catcher is set up and the pitcher's mound. And, and Sonny was saying something to Wilson, and Wilson, I don't think, totally heard what was said in real life. Like if right now I'm trying to tell you something and you don't totally get it. I'm probably just going to move on. I'm not going to spend right. a lot of time making sure that we're truly on the same page. He's like the, the deliberateness of just yeah. stopping and making sure that he was on the same page as Wilson. For some reason, that moment really stood out to me. Yeah. I think that's a great character trait that, that Sonny Gray seems to have in like, it's valuable because I think that can wash over the rest of the players because they go, Oh, I, I feel seen by this guy. Like he understood that in that moment, maybe I, was in a spot where I didn't fully click with what he was, but he's going to make sure that you do. He's going to make sure that you guys end up on the same page because that's kind of what can develop that camaraderie as a team, especially too, as a pitcher catcher battery, like you having those two on the same page. And that's true when it comes to Wilson, that's true with all five starters and everybody in the bullpen. Like that's a huge aspect of being able to be successful in this game. And, you know, as, as we kind of know, that wasn't maybe always the case last year. And there were a lot of, 
different reasons for that, things that were working against the Cardinals in that regard with the World Baseball Classic and everything going on as Contreras was trying to learn a new team. So, like, the fact that Sonny Gray is a guy that isn't afraid to make sure that, hey, everybody's on the same page here, I do think that's valuable. Maybe we play it up too much at the end of the day, like Mm -hmm. score more runs than the other team is what's going to ultimately help the Cardinals get back to where they want to be. But I think a lot of the the foundation is being laid for some of the stuff that does matter when it comes down to the season. I've been having an internal battle on that because when we're this early on in spring training, there's very limited on-field narrative. So we're stuck with all this other stuff. But man, have we spent a lot of time talking about off-season text messages and Zoom calls and everybody lifting each other up and cold, like all these things at some point the, the focus does have to change to what people are doing on the field. Yeah, it does. And it will, I think as, as we get into more of uh, obviously game environments, that's going to be something that we see. And even now that we're seeing full squad workouts and you're going to see those pitcher batter uh, battles on a daily basis with guys that are, you know, they, they're your teammates, but you're also trying to have this be the proving ground that gets you ready for the season in a lot of ways. So I think that will come but right now like it's better than the alternative right it's better than having a season like you did last year and then coming into camp and going yeah man the 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 guys don't really feel like they're on the same page and like we as the media would probably be able to see that a little bit right if even if it's not something that that is ultra public you might be able to see those interactions and go at least privately like oh man that I'm, i'm not so sure about this and at least i don't know if this is something that you agree with but for right now that's not what i'm seeing i really am kind of it, buying what they're selling. And again, if it's just a, a sell job, we're going to find that out eventually if this team doesn't have what it takes. But for right now, I think they're at least moving in the right direction in those regards. I'm very bullish on this team. I'm a pretty positive guy. The one thing, that, again, that I kind of try to wrap my hands around, last year at this time, nothing but positive thoughts. Oh, the WBC is going to be great. Right. You know, these guys are playing games that matter, yada, yada, yada. And then it all went away and it felt like, you're looking for reasons that it went wrong and you identified the WBC. Now it's this year, you know, base running and fielding things that there's a focus on. We keep hearing that there's going to be structure and order and all these things to camp. And it felt like that existed last year too. Yeah, I think it did. And I think also like it's natural to want to be optimistic in spring because everybody's O and O and it's a fresh start. We're all glad to have baseball back in general. And so, you know, when, when certain narratives come about, it, it is sort of the time of year where those can run rampant a little bit. And, you know, last year the situation was what it was. And so even if everybody in the back of their mind sort of thought, I don't know about this, is this going to pan out the way everybody thinks, you can kind of look the other way until you're forced to reckon with it. And obviously the kind of year the Cardinals had last year, everybody had to reckon with maybe the things that had gone wrong to get them to that point. And so, you know, in retrospect, it feels very easy, I agree, to go back and look and say, oh, well, this is why all of that happened. At the end of the day, there's not any guarantee that that certain things can't go against them again this year, but um, that's where it'll come to the point of, yeah, the games are going to be played and, and can they kind of transition from the things that sound nice and look nice on paper to, Hey, we implement these things and, and it allows you to, to have a better season than you just did. Something Tom Ackerman and I were talking about on Sunday morning. When you go back over the last few years, you had the WBC, you had a labor stoppage, you had two years of COVID. I'm trying to remember if the W the previous WCBC was that next year, if it was one year right. earlier, but it's been at least four, maybe five years since there's just been a standard spring training. And I don't a lot of people aren't talking about that. Yeah. And I mean, it, it does make sense when you talk about it because last year it was like, oh, yeah, cool. Finally. Well, it's not really normal because yeah. half the pitchers are gone and everybody. So I think there is something to that a little bit. Now, granted, other teams dealt with it, too, because the, a lot of those things were league wide or, you know, society wide when it comes to covid 
So it's not necessarily Cardinal specific, but certainly you have to figure out, can you be a, a group of, of, of individuals that can adapt to the circumstances? And, you know, maybe this year there, there aren't as many of those circumstances. We'll see, obviously, uh, I think a big part of, for the Cardinals finding ways to be successful is can they have the rotation be healthy because they're kind of banking a lot on the five guys that they have sort of penciled into that starting rotation to begin the season when asked about, you know, the pitching death, Moselak said, well, you know, Zach Thompson, Matthew Libertor, those are some examples of guys that are going to be involved in, in, in that competition per se, but um, they're really kind of gearing toward, Hey, I mean, the, the, the guys we went out and got to be in the rotation are the ones that are hopefully going to make their starts and, and, help shape what this team is going to look like. So like those are aspects of this that they're going to have to get right. I get stuck on like when terms aren't totally factually correct. There's not more starting pitching depth this year. There's better it's top five. Your top five is better than it was last year. But when you're talking about depth, you're talking about number of guys. And you mentioned Liberatory, you mentioned Thompson, Rams in that group as well. McGreevy, Grisafa, whoever you want to put in there. But that's basically the same group right. who is six and on last year minus Hudson and minus Jake Woodford right sure, yeah. like so they they went out and said we're going to alter the way that we're doing this because the guys that we had sort of be the fill-ins last year nothing against them they just they, they you know it was maybe time to cut ties with those guys and try a different perspective where I think that's interesting you can think back to winter warm-up last year before 2023 and a lot of times when Mo will say certain names of prospects at that point in time it's something to pay attention to because typically you're going to see those guys factor in later on in the summer. And he said names at that point, like January 2023, like McGreevy and Graceffo, and said, like, you know, those are some guys to potentially look for down the road. And that didn't really come to fruition. Those guys kind of stalled out in their minor league seasons and in, in their progression. Was it a case of by the time that maybe they could have been given the, the Drew Rom role in St. Louis, it was you were at a point where the season was basically a lost one and you didn't want to necessarily rush those guys when you didn't have to if their numbers weren't overwhelming or their performance wasn't overwhelming in AAA that may have been the case but now by taking away like a Hudson and a Jake Woodford it almost feels like as much as the Cardinals are saying we don't want to have to rely on young guys because they went out and got a, a very veteran rotation I do think behind that veteran rotation they're almost at a point where it's kind of like put up or shut up guys for a number of the depthy guys in that group to where they said look we're not going to go out and sign a swingman give him $10 million when we, we may or may not need him in the rotation. And, and what's the upside of that guy anyway, right? It's probably a veteran that you kind of know what you're going to get, but is there a lot of upside to that player? I think the Cardinals are almost daring that next group to say, a couple of you guys emerge, like take this opportunity, even though on paper it's not there because they got veteran starters that they are hoping will take the ball 30 times each. Inevitably that's not going to happen. And so the depth isn't better or different than it was last year, but it can be if those guys kind of take the bull by the horns and, and view this as an opportunity for their career advancement. I'll finish off with this. and It's potentially a good problem to have, but I'm worried about, I want to see Libertor and Thompson be able to emerge and have an impact in the big leagues. If they have great springs, but the top five guys are healthy, then you're stuck in this. Do you send them to Memphis so they can continue to stretch out because you believe in them in starters, or do you let them be relief pitchers? And we've all seen it. If you're a guy who's a relief pitcher and all of a sudden you need a starter and you try to get that, like it just doesn't work. Like the, the, the idea of not having a role to find ends up hurting guys, and Libertor and Thompson are back in that situation. As long as the five starters that you plan on remain healthy through spring, which knock on all the wood you can find, but if that – ends up being the case. I think the Libertor and Thompson conversation is one of the most interesting in Cardinals camp that isn't going to 
be viewed maybe by that many people as that interesting because you're talking about a six starter that until an injury takes place, isn't really a necessity throughout the, the course of a full season. But like, imagine if you're those two guys and to their credit, I wouldn't expect a different. Neither of them are probably going to want to touch that conversation because they just want to help the team. They want to, it doesn't matter the role. They just want to be a part of the group. But like, imagine you could win a competition almost and be in a worse spot because of it, because maybe they're thinking, well, maybe we need this guy to be in our, our depth reserves for the triple a rotation in case something happens because we were so impressed by him in spring as a starter. Like that's kind of a weird dynamic to think about. I think it's also partially why they may start at least in that first road trip with that six man rotation to kind of kick that can down the road a little bit, uh, at least coming out of spring camp. We'll have to see if that's a decision they go with. It may depend on health of the starting five and, and how the, the two lefties perform. He is uh, Brendan Schaefer. You read him at uh, KMOV.com, part of the team at first to for covering uh covering the cardinals i don't have in front what's your twitter handle i don't have in front of me at b schaefer 12 on twitter at b schaefer 12 brendan good to see you appreciate it man that's brendan schaefer we'll take a break have more in just a moment it's a gray bar sports open line on kmox welcome back to the gray bar sports open line live from cardinal spring training and the dr hughes homes broadcast center once again matt Pauley on king of ox it's a great bar sports open line right here on KMOX as we broadcast from Jupiter, Florida. Cardinals spring training, Grapefruit League play underway tomorrow. The Cardinals are going to play, play a pair of split squad games. One group is going to head to Port St. Lucie to match up against the New York Mets. And then another group will stay back in Jupiter and they are going to uh, take on the Miami Marlins. We're going to have that Jupiter game right here on KMOX. The uh, first pitch is scheduled for uh, 12.05. We'll be on the air right around 12 o'clock. John Rooney, Ricky Horton will have the call of the game for you here on KMOX. It is that time of the program. We always like to uh, go back through what was said earlier in the day by Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. I'll tell you, we're at a point right now, and I would argue this is a good thing for the Cardinals. Maybe it's not a good thing for shows like this where we want to have a lot of things to talk about, but it's a, it's a good thing for the Cardinals. There's just... There's not a lot of storylines right now around this team. In fact, to to kind of illustrate that, generally Marmel talks for about 15 minutes a day, 10, 15 minutes, maybe pushing a little bit more on some days if there's a lot to get into. It's all dependent upon how many questions are being asked by the reporters who are there in the scrum. He didn't even go three minutes today. There was very, very little to talk about. Uh, and that's, again, a good thing. We've talked a lot about the injuries that uh, already exist. Uh, we don't know if Tommy Edmond, and we'll talk more about Tommy Edmond here in just a second, we don't know for sure if he's going to be available for uh, the start of the season. But outside of that, health is in a pretty good place. Now, once games get started, that might change a little bit. There's also some health issues with, with Mason Wentz. So let's, let's get into uh, what Marmel did have to say earlier today uh, there's been some thought that maybe the timeline for Tommy Edmond is a little bit different than what was originally expected because he got the wrist surgery and we had heard that there was a good chance for him to uh, be available for the start of the season and now here we are a couple weeks or so into uh, spring training and he's still very very limited can't swing a bat now before I go any further let me be very clear the organization remains hopeful and optimistic that Edmund is going to be able to get healthy and be available for the start of the regular season. We've still got plenty of time here in spring training for him to get going. He's a veteran. He probably doesn't need 
all that much time to uh, to get ready. You would think you would need a little bit of time, but not all that much time. But Marmel was asked whether or not uh, they're at all surprised by the fact that he hasn't been cleared yet. And Marmel said that the timeline that they're currently on, it's really not that surprising. No, we were pretty aware that it was going to be into spring and then hopefully get him enough at bats towards the end to be able to break camp but he's right on pace at the moment you know the narrative the storyline whatever you want to say the thing we've been talking about so much when it comes to uh, tommy edmund is his impact defensively uh, the the and this is because the cardinals have talked about like, i'm not saying that what we've been talking about something that's incorrect it's a it's a big part of who the cardinals are going to be this year and it's a big storyline because it's somewhat unique you don't have that many teams in baseball that the everyday center fielder is also serving as the backup shortstop but that's where the cardinals are at and if he's healthy and if he's in the lineup every day that works out just fine if he gets injured and if he's not available that's where things get a little bit murky because you got to have somebody who's, who's available to play some shortstop and you have to have somebody who can play center field it's all in, in some ways he's almost like one and a half players because of his ability to play on the outfield and also over at uh, shortstop so we spend a ton of time talking about Edmonds defense because it's so important to the Cardinals and what he does but Marmel made it very clear in addition to what he does in the field he gives a lot to the team when it comes to what he does at the plate and also on the bases. Offensively this is a guy where we've seen um, um, take strides from the left side obviously he, he does a really nice job from the right side but when he gets on base he's a real threat he's uh, one of the best base runners just knows what he's doing um, picks his spots well and makes you, you have to be sharp defensively when he's on the bases. Um, he'll take the extra 90 feet. He does a really nice job. So having him in the lineup is important. It's going to be interesting to see who covers the 18 innings at shortstop tomorrow between the two split squad games, because obviously it's not going to be Tommy Edmond. It's also not going to be Mason Wynn. Earlier in the week, Wynn felt a little bit of soreness. They held him out of workouts for just a, a couple days. He was back working out earlier today. So that's the good news. The fact, the fact that he was back on the field today, uh, that's a good indication that this is kind of a no big deal thing. Start of spring training, guys feel sore. Uh, if, if the soreness goes away, uh, it's generally fine. And uh, that, that's what it seems to be right now. Not that he can't have a setback and it develop into something else. There's just no reason to believe that it would turn into that at any point in time. So he was back working out, doing live BPs, all those sort of things uh, earlier today. So obviously uh, he's getting closer and we'll talk to Oliver tomorrow and, and find out a little more about how he felt the day after returning. And if he felt good following today's workouts, then you would think that in all likelihood he's going to be playing in games sooner than later. Uh, but Marmel did say earlier that uh, they're not real sure when when is going to be able to play in games. We'll see kind of what today looks like and depending on how he responds to today, then we'll have a better sense of if we're looking at Sunday or early part of next week. So what's the plan for tomorrow? As we mentioned, one group is going to go to Port St. Lucie and take on the Mets. Another group is going to stay back at home and match up against the Marlins. Interestingly enough, Marmel said that he's going to be part of the group that travels to Port St. Lucie, and it's going to be Daniel Descalso, his bench coach, who's going to serve as the manager for the first game at home against the Marlins. I'm going to go on the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Scouse. Oh, cool. Yeah. have the home game. Um, and yeah, I mean, we, we've split some of the starters. I'll take some of them with me, but 
your guys that have been around for a while, they'll be here. We also got some details on which uh, players were going to be going to which game. As you might expect, a lot of the veterans are not going to get on a bus. Instead, they'll stay back in uh, Jupiter. So the game against the Marlins will include players like Wilson Contreras, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Gorman, Matt Carpenter, Alec Burleson, and also Dylan Carlson. And then some of the players who are expected to head to uh, Port St. Lucie include Jordan Walker, Victor Scott, Lars Nootbaar, Brendan Donovan is going to be on that trip as well as uh, as they head out. And again, the, the, the home game, the game against the Marlins, that's the game that we're going to have here on KMOX. And again, that's going to get started right around 12 o'clock or so. So hopefully you'll be able to be tuned in for, uh, for that. Uh, Marmel made it very clear that everybody is ready for these games to be played. We're excited. Uh, the guys are excited. They're ready to kind of fire it up and uh, start to play together so it'll, it'll be a fun day tomorrow and get the guys back out there and start competing together yeah it's kind of funny in a way like not funny haha but funny peculiar maybe I don't know just, maybe funny is the wrong word all the way around but this so pitchers and catchers report and you go through a handful of days of the pitchers and catchers going through workouts and and that time moves along pretty quick and then you get to the full squad report date. And obviously a lot of position players are here during the pitchers catchers time, but you get the full squad report date and that's an exciting day. They do the big meeting with everybody in the room together, yada, yada. And then they get out on the field and you start seeing the live BP sessions and everything. And that's pretty cool and fun and exciting. And it feels like baseball things are happening for a day or two. And then all of a sudden the week just drags at least for me and I've talked to Mike Claiborne about this I think he agrees with it I don't know if everybody in the media or if players and uh, coaches and managers feel this way but once you get to about this point after you've done five six days of just these these workouts against your own team you are so incredibly ready for games to be played and that's exactly what's going to be happening uh, tomorrow as we will see actual baseball being played you're going to hear it here on uh, KMOX uh, there were some questions about why there's a split squad game to open our split squad games plural why there's a split squad games to open up grapefruit league uh, play so the way I understand it, and I don't 100% quote me on this, but this is how I understand it, there's an odd number of teams that are in the Grapefruit League. So because of that, you always, if every team is going to play, at least one team has to play a split squad so you are able to have an even number of teams since there's that odd number, and the Grapefruit League wants everybody to play on this opening day of uh, Grapefruit League play. So that's why you end up with a split squad game here right at the beginning of the season. Also of note, last year, Cardinals won the Grapefruit League with a record of 17-7. and That was a 7-08 win percentage. Remember how optimistic and how excited we were for Cardinals baseball at the end of spring training last year? And then obviously we know what happened. They even they finished off Grapefruit League play last year winning five of their last six. So it wasn't even just like they were winning the games at the beginning of spring when there's a lot of minor leaguers and things like that. They finished strong, and then they opened up the season, and we know what happened last year. So that just goes to show you that the, the results, the wins and losses, don't really mean that much. The things that matter are some of the individual performances, some of the underlying numbers uh, that you see, 
but wins and losses don't matter as much as a lot of other things, and it is hard to predict who's going to be good and who's not going to be good based upon spring training results. All right, we'll take one more break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the program. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line from Jupiter, Florida, and Cardinal Spring Training here on KMOX. It's Great Bar Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. Matt Pauly with you into our uh, final segment of tonight's program. Again, we'll say it over and over and over because we love being able to say it over and over and over. Cardinals baseball on the air coming up tomorrow. Cardinals are playing a split, a pair of split squad games in their home matchup against the Marlins with a 12.05 first pitch. It is going to be on the air right here. KMOX, John Rooney, uh, Ricky Horton, they're all going to be on the air, and uh, we are excited for sure. Matthew Libertor is set to start the game for the Cardinals. That split squad group is going to include uh, Wilson Contreras, Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Gorman, Matt Carpenter, Alec Burleson, and Dylan Carlson. And if you didn't hear our uh, last segment when we heard from Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel, the plan, because they have to have somebody managing each of those games, Marmel is going on the road to uh, Port St. Lucie. So Daniel Descalso, in his first game back with the Cardinals, now that he's a bench coach, he was hired in the offseason, it's going to be uh, Daniel Descalso who is going to be serving as the manager for the game in Jupiter. And again, that's the game that's going to be heard uh, right here. Wanted to hit just a couple baseball notes before we uh, get out of here for the day. Pirates have signed right-hander Mitch Keller to a five-year extension. That Pirates team, and they're expected to be the last place team in the NL Central. Last year, they had a big improvement. Um, I, I was talking about this on Twitter the other day. I think when... I think there's the largest range from like floor to ceiling when it comes to the Pirates. They could be like a slightly above average team. They could be like around a 500 team or they could finish what, like 20 games under 500 to be a last place team and selling off the deadline like they've done so often. They've got a good young core. They haven't done the things that they need to do to add to the, the roster. They've made a few kind of small moves. Uh, but they, they, they're the Pirates, and they have continued to, to do their version of pirating, I guess we can say. But Mitch Keller's a good player, and he's a good pitcher. Had um, you know, Started strong last year, hit a lull in the middle of the year, and then finished pretty well. Uh, and he just adds to, to that team. So that, that makes the NL Central a little bit better just moving forward. Keller's going to be uh, sticking around. And then uh, there, we talked about it earlier. At some point in time, if we know, let's say Tommy Edmond has a setback or something, uh, you would think that the Cardinals would be in the market for a shortstop, uh, at least somebody who could temporarily be there if, if Edmond were to miss some you know, significant time at the beginning of the season. One of those players that that's out there on the market is shortstop Tim Anderson. Well, he's not on the market anymore. He signed with the Marlins yesterday, one-year, $5 million contract. I don't think he has a lot left, but I could be wrong. I could be very wrong on this one. Uh, last year, his 582 OPS, it was the lowest among all qualified hitters in the big leagues. So he did, he's looking for a bounce back. At his best, he was a really good player. And really what that does is it accounts for the final sort of starting job. He'll likely be in playing, you know, he'll be the starting shortstop, you would think. He'll be at least given that opportunity uh, in Miami. So now for... All the guys out there that were vying for a starting shortstop job, 
Now they're going to start looking for an opportunity to go somewhere and be more of a utility or backup player. If the Cardinals do have interest, this is where this is the point where maybe that's going to uh, come around. One last thing for you, and if you've listened to this show a lot, you certainly know that we've been following along with this story. The Jackie Robinson statue in Wichita that was just destroyed by people. And we had uh, Bob Lutz, who's the executive director of uh, League 42. We had him on the program here recently. So I, I still hate even just talking about this. I hate the words that are about to come out of my mouth. But the Jackie Robinson statue was cut off at the ankles when it happened. Well, what was left there were the bronze cleats. Uh, League 42 has announced that they have, they are going to donate those bronze cleats that were left over from it uh, to the uh, to the Negro League Museum in, in Kansas City. So uh, there's Bob Kendrick, who's the head of that, uh, said that there absolutely is a story to tell there with that, and that's what they try to do at the uh, Negro League Baseball Museum in Kansas City. So that's going to go there. They've already ordered, we, we talked about this before, they've already ordered another statue, another Jackie Robinson statue. They have the original mold, so they were able to, uh, they, they've got an exact replica that's going to be uh, coming in at some point in the uh, relatively near future. It's probably going to take about six months or so for it to get to uh, Wichita, but just another part of that story. There was one arrest in this, and there's expected to be more arrest, and police are saying that this uh, was not a racially motivated thing. I, this isn't a good situation, but I guess at least it wasn't racially motivated. It was something that uh, people were just trying to, you know, you can scrap metal. Metal has value. And reportedly what they were just simply trying to do was get the metal where they were going to try to uh, end up selling that off before they end up just getting rid of the statue. Uh, obviously, they knew there was a little bit of heat on them for this, and uh, they, they destroyed the statue, unfortunately. And hopefully more arrests are made and they figure out everything there. But wanted to give you an update on that story. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Our week's worth of shows come to an end. Uh, we are going to be back with you on Monday. Cardinals baseball tomorrow, 12 noon. Be tuned in right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.